uh, it's good to have them and good to see them. If you have your Bible, I hope you have it, to open up with a few passages with me, because today we're going to begin a new series of lessons for about four or five weeks on people that we need in our life. Who is your Barnabas? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. I think life and, well, the Lord Himself, but life itself teaches us that we need people. We can't go it alone. All of us need someone to help us in different respects in our life. And hopefully you're a person that has, well, help from a number of people. There are certain people in your life that you can call on to help you with different issues. And uh, that, that is ideal. That's what God wants us to do. In fact, Galatians 6 tells us that we're to bear one another's burdens. And in doing that, we fulfill the law. So there are people that we need. There are needs that we have that certain people just kind of fit that niche. And what I'd like to encourage you to do for the, the weeks ahead are, well, two things. Number one, find those people If you don't have those people in your life, well, then find them. And uh, once you have found them, uh, use them to do the things that you need done. And then furthermore, not only that, but I also want you to try to become these people for others that need you. So with that in mind, let's talk about who is your Barnabas. Turn in your Bible to Acts or uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse two. Well, Ecclesiastes four and verse nine. The Bible. Let, let's just read a few passages here that just talk about our need for people. The Bible says two are better than one. Why is that? Well, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken." What that passage tries to say in a number of ways and a number of reasons are given as to why two are better than one. Why is it important to have more than just you traveling this journey to heaven? Because there's strength in numbers. When you fall and when you're weak, that's one of the great privileges of marriage is that when you're not at the top, at the the peak of the mountain, and maybe you're in one of those valleys that could be disastrous for you if you didn't have somebody to help you. When we're down and when we're out and when we've fallen, there's someone to to pick you up, to encourage you, to keep going. When you wouldn't be strong by yourself and temptation would overcome you if you were by yourself, you can withstand it if someone stands with you. Two are better than one. And so with that thought in mind, let's go and look at some people that we need in our lives. And the first one is Barnabas. Folks, you need a Barnabas in your life. You need a person that exhibits the traits 
that the biblical character Barnabas exhibited. And I want to share with you three three things that about his life that that we really need. All of us, we really need these traits. First trait comes from Acts chapter 4, verse 32. We need a Barnabas to show us how to sacrifice. Oftentimes, we are limited in our devotion and our sacrifice to God by what we've seen done in the past. It's a self-imposed limitation we place upon ourselves. Nobody does that. Well, I couldn't do that. Nobody does that. We, we, we only do those things that we've seen before. And, and we put this self-imposed limit on our sacrifice to God because that's unheard of. I've never known anybody to do that before. I haven't seen that done before. But we need a Barnabas to show us how to sacrifice for God. Sometimes the sacrifice that we offer to God, if we really get right down to and do a self-evaluation of ourselves, it, it may come up short. We, we may not really be sacrificing very much at all in, in, uh, as we examine that. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, the passage was just read, the apostles were gathered together, the church was gathered together in Jerusalem, and things are going really well, and there are people from all over the world, and, and probably some of them have stayed longer than typically uh, they would because of this newfound relationship with Christ, and they're learning, and they're with the apostles and wanting to hear what they had to say, and there are people that are taking, how are you going to take care of all these people, this influx of folks into Jerusalem? The church is 3,000 people strong on the first day on the day of Pentecost. And so there were needs that the people had and God will really contrast two folks. The, the next people that are contrasted are contrasted in chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. They tried to make themselves look big and they tried to deceive people as to how they were helping those. And, and that's not what we want to follow, but we begin with an example that we should follow. Acts chapter 4. This man by the name of Barnabas comes and, and gives, lays this money at the feet of the apostles and he says, use it. I've sold some property. Here are the proceeds. Use it. We need to see people. We need, I need people in my life who make great sacrifices to God because it's such an encouragement. It shows me, it teaches me how to be a better person. And that's the kind of man that Barnabas was. He was, he was a man who had property, he sold it. He, what, have you heard of people doing that today? I know that people have different ways to, to gather money and, and to uh, uh, give to the Lord, but what if somebody said, I had this farm over here and I really wasn't using it. I thought the Lord's church could use it, so here, take it. I had this extra car, and nobody was using it, and it was just sitting there, and we're paying insurance on it, and we can really get by without this many vehicles, and so I thought maybe it could be used here. here use it for whatever. When's the last time we saw someone sacrifice to the Lord in a significant way, a large way. 
wouldn't it be great if we just from time to time continue to have people who were those kind of people showing us how to sacrifice? Do you remember David in the Old Testament when he came and, and he, he, he ended up purchasing the whole threshing floor and so forth, but he was going to make a sacrifice to God and the man was going to give him all the animals. And David said, I won't offer to God what costs me nothing. If this is going to be a sacrifice for me, it's going to be a sacrifice. I'm going to pay for it. Let's, let's look out for people who make sacrifices to the Lord and bring them into the circle of our acquaintances. They will do us well. The Bible tells us in Acts 20 and verse 35, what Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It really is. Do you believe Jesus? Uh, when, when it's Christmas time, when I was a child, I wasn't sure I believed that because I sure did like ripping the paper off those presents. But when I got older, as an adult with my own children, and you see, it's, it's great just to watch the excitement and, and the joy in their life as they receive these gifts. It is more blessed to give to the, than to receive. We need a Barnabas in our life to show us that truth. And to remind us of that. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, Jesus said, Beware of covetousness. Who admits to being covetous? I've never heard anybody say, I'm a covetous person. I've heard people say I lie from time to time. I've heard people say that uh, I'm not always sexually pure. I've heard people say... Uh, they've confessed to a lot of things. I have never in my life heard anyone confess to covetousness. Maybe you have, but I haven't. And yet Jesus warns about it. And Paul says it's a sin worthy of uh, church discipline. And uh, Jesus says, beware of covetousness, for that's not what makes a man's life. That's not who we are and what we're about. A man's own life does not consist of the things that he possesses or the abundance of the things he possesses. Well, if our life isn't about what we own and what we, we possess, then what is it? Because, I, you know, you look at the world and you win. The person who dies with the most wins. That's not what it is. Jesus says... That's that's not what makes your life. Just having stuff. Would your life be a better life if you gave it to worthy causes and to worthy people? I need a Barnabas in my life to show me how to sacrifice. I need to bring people into my circle of friends that are good at giving. They've learned and have mastered the truth that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because I need that to rub off on me. I don't need to breathe. I've got plenty of selfish people. We all have plenty of people that are just looking out for themselves. I need people that will stand against the tide of our society and show me the way of giving, the way of sacrifice. Who's your Barnabas? Is there someone in this congregation that you can look to and say, I need to be more like them because they really know how to sacrifice. Watch those people 
emulate their life, try to become more and more like them. Because we need people like that in our lives. Also, we need a Barnabas because we need someone to show us how to go out on the limb for another person. I like what the Bible tells us about Barnabas nearly in every place with the exception of one, I guess. But in Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through 30, Saul of Tarsus has been converted. This is a man who just a chapter earlier in chapter 8 was making havoc of the church, causing the church to be persecuted and scattered throughout the region. And now Saul has this experience on the road to Damascus. He meets the Lord. He speaks to the Lord. He goes into Damascus, meets Ananias, a gospel preacher. He hears the gospel and he obeys it. He becomes a Christian, a child of God. He, he now is what he was once opposing. And so he goes back to Jerusalem. And no one will have anything to do with him. They're afraid of him. I'm not, I'm not getting close to him. Yeah, I remember what he used to do. Well, he was there when they killed our good friend Stephen. Held the coats of those who threw those stones. I don't want, I don't, I don't want him around. It was Barnabas who threw his arm around or, uh, Paul and brought him to the elders and said, Listen, this is our brother, Paul. And were it not for Barnabas doing that with Paul, I wonder what would have become of Paul. What if or who would have stepped forward and thrown their arm around Barnabas or around Paul and said, You're wanted. I won't hold your past against you. What would have become of Paul? had there not been a Barnabas. We need people who will go out on a limb for us. I, I'm not perfect. I dare say you aren't either. And so when I make mistakes, who's that person that's going to stand with me when I make mistakes? Who's the person that's going to say, you know, I know he did that and I don't appreciate that and that's the past though. He's a different man today. I'll go to bat for him. Folks, we need people in our lives who will go to bat for us. Who are those people in your life? Have you brought them in close? Because you need them. Your own imperfections demand that you need people like that in your life. The Bible says in Acts 15, verses 36 through 41, another occasion where... Uh, Paul had been on a missionary journey with Barnabas and they took a young man by the name of John Mark with them. For whatever reason, after going to Crete, John Mark decided to turn back. He cut his part of the journey short and I'm sure they were depending on him. You don't just go off on a missionary trip. And, and not have things kind of worked out and who's going to do what and so forth. But John Mark decided to go home. And he went home. Now they're fixing to go on their second missionary journey and they're trying to figure out who's going to go. And, and they say, well, what about John Mark? Barnabas says, yeah, let's take John Mark. And Paul says, nothing doing. I'm not taking him. I will not go with John Mark. John Mark went with us and he bailed out on us, and I'm not taking... He's fickle. I can't trust him. 
And Barnabas stood staunchly in defense of John Mark and said, I'm taking him. I sure am glad Barnabas was there for John Mark. I don't know what would have become of John Mark had he not had a Barnabas. I understand the head and the thinking of the Apostle Paul with reference to John Mark. But I'm sure glad Barnabas had the heart that he had for John Mark. And so they separate and go their different ways. Paul goes on his second missionary journey with Silas and and Barnabas and John Mark go on their way preaching the gospel as well. Now, I think it's interesting at the end of Paul's life, he calls for John Mark because he he said he would be a great help to me. Uh, So John and, and Paul kind of made up. But what would have happened to John Mark if he would not have had a Barnabas. If if John Mark would have walked away from that, that meeting there thinking nobody wanted him, that he's not useful anymore, I wonder what would have happened. But that never happened. Because, because Barnabas was there and he said, John Mark, I need you. You're of value to me. I'm not going to hold your past. Yeah, you bailed out on us, but... I think you can do do a good job. You come with me. Folks, we need people like that in our lives. Proverbs 27 and verse 17 says that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need people in our life that make us better people. Barnabas is one of those guys. Find someone in your life, find someone in this body of people here who will stand up for you, who will stand with you. Even when you make mistakes, you find those people and you pull them in closely because you'll need them in your life. And let me give you another reason why you need a Barnabas. You need a Barnabas because you need encouragement and strength. Back to that passage in Acts chapter 4, you know what I find so interesting about that? Barnabas is one of the guys that we know by nickname, and we really don't, many people don't even know his name. There are not a whole lot of people in Scripture that we know by their nickname, but this is one of them. You see, Barnabas was actually, his name was Joseph. His nickname was Barnabas. That was just the name that he was given by the apostles because it fit who he was. And who was he? Well, he was the son of encouragement. He was one who encouraged other people. And he did so, so much that the apostles just called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And if you look at the life of Barnabas and what we know of him in Scripture, what do we see? We see him always coming to the rescue of other people. He was there for them. He's sacrificially giving. Uh, Think of how encouraging that would have been to the New Testament church. This new church that is just days old, weeks old, is trying to get off the ground and there are so many things opposing them. And here comes in this man and he sells property and he lays all this money at the feet of the apostles and says, use it. Use it for the kingdom. What an encouragement to that body of people. 
And then we see him standing up for the Apostle Paul and he stands up for, the, for John Mark. And word reaches Jerusalem in Acts chapter 11 and verse 21 beginning that the brethren in Antioch, that there were Christians who were made in Antioch. And so they said, we've got to encourage them. We've been out doing missionary work and now we've had some conversions. We've got to send somebody up there and, and, and just encourage them to keep, keep on. So they got together and they determined, there's a thought process involved in this, they determined to send Barnabas. I'm not surprised. They decided to send Barnabas up there to Antioch to encourage the brethren there and he did. He went up there and he encouraged them to cling or to cleave to the Lord. Not just follow Him, but to cleave to Him. Literally, to glue themselves to the Lord. And so we see Barnabas again doing what he does so well. Strengthening and encouraging those who are Christians. Galatians 6 and verse 9 tells us not to grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we'll reap if we faint not. But boy... Doesn't life get hard sometimes? Things happen that we don't expect and certainly we don't want. And, and it, just, sometimes it just seems overwhelming. And God says, hang in there. Yeah, but how? I, I want to hang in. I don't want to give up. I, I don't want to quit and just throw my hands up. But how do I hang in? You find yourself a Barnabas who's there when you're low, He'll lift you up. When you think you can't go on any further, He pushes you and prods you along and takes you by the hand and walks with you. We need people like that in our lives. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 15, says that um, we need to strengthen the hands of those whose arms hang down and strengthen the knees of those who have feeble knees. There are times, well, listen, have you ever changed a light bulb out or a fixture out and your hands are up above your head and there you're just twisting on that screwdriver and after a while, you just have to put your arm down and kind of just let it hang there for a little bit because your arm's just burning, it's heavy and, and, and you're worn out. God says, you support people like that. And, and those whose weeks are feeble and easily, you get around them and you help them walk. That's the picture of the Christian life. We don't do it alone. We surround ourselves with people who will help us make it when we're weak. That's why I want to begin this series of lessons with Barnabas. We need a Barnabas in our life. More than one. And I want to challenge you all to look across here. And I want you to find someone that has those traits, those characteristics of this man. And you make them a part of your life. You pull them in. You need those people. Don't let them stand. Don't let that help just be outside your reach. You pull them in and, and, and make them a part of your friendship and benefit from it. 
Find people that will help you to be better servants of Christ. Find people that will help you learn to to give and to sacrifice for the cause of Christ. Find people that will help take off the lid of how you served the Lord in the past and, and take you to heights that you never thought that you would ever do. You need a Barnabas in your life. You need to find somebody that will help you to give, that will help support you, and that will help encourage you. But not only that, become a Barnabas. Begin to do these things that Barnabas did so that you can become that help for someone else. It's our goal here to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want my family to go to heaven. And I want you to go to heaven. And I know that you're here because you want to go to heaven. But listen, we're here and heaven's over here. How am I going to get from here to there? It's doubtful that we'll do it alone. We need help. Find that help in someone who is a Barnabas or become that Barnabas for somebody else. And if we'll do that, not only will we save ourselves, but we'll probably save others as well. There may be someone here this morning who's not yet a child of God and you need to obey the gospel. You know that nothing is more important than heaven and you've just not done what the Lord asked you to do yet and and you've come to the conclusion, it's time. I, I need to do that. If you haven't yet been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, why don't you make that decision today? Why don't you become that person who has a promise of heaven, who's an heir as a child of God of all the things that God has in store for them in heaven? If we can assist you in that, we'll do that. If you're a child of God already, but life has happened, you've allowed distance to come between you and God, and you're ashamed of that, and you, you want it to change, respond to the invitation. Ask the people here to pray for you. And you'll find before you leave here today some people who can act and serve as a Barnabas for you to help you go to heaven. If you need to respond to the invitation, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.